The plan is I'm going to speak for a little bit and then I've got a couple of mates that I'm just going to pull up uh, to interview because I thought, obviously, we, uh, what I want to talk to you about is what it, how do we as Christians live in, in, in culture? But I thought I'd start with some questions. And the first question I've got is, hands up if there are more non-Christians in your school than Christians. Next one. Hands up, this might be a bit more of a split, if more of your mates are non-Christian than Christian. Again, you can see a lot, a lot of hands. Next one. Hands up if occasionally in school or in your circle of mates or whatever, as a Christian, you can feel outnumbered. Good, we're all sort of in the same boat. I, I went through, I guess, a little bit of my story um, is that, well, we all know that we live in what you can call a secular country. Uh, we live really in a, in a non, some people say it's a Christian country, but quite often we know that most of us spend a lot of our time around non-Christians uh, and we live in, in, in a country that isn't always very welcoming of Christianity. And so I have the question, how do we as young men and women live in a culture that is non-Christian but continue to live for Jesus, continue to really kind of shine as Christians uh, but can not really become what I used to call like be a little bit weird um, and just sort of, you know, you want to kind of be amongst your mates but you want to be able to say, no, I'm, I'm a Christian. And I guess for me, when I went to New Day, I was year 10. Who's in year 10? I came to New Day. I heard some of the preaching. I became, I like got really serious about God. I went back in October. I got baptized. But I went back to school and my mates thought it was like, couldn't quite figure out what was going on. Because obviously I went back and they was like, and I said to them, I'm a Christian. And they're a bit like, I didn't really know what that means. And in fact, I remember going into school and I told one of the teachers in school, oh, I'm a Christian, an RE teacher. And she sent me out because she thought I was taking the mick. Because she thought like, there's no way Joe's going to be a Christian and it's not fair to ridicule other religions. So she's like, you shouldn't like take the mick out of Christianity. And I was like, no, I'm, I am a Christian. And then I thought to make the, put the icing on the cake to let them all know, school photos, who likes doing school photos? It's a bit dead, isn't it? I, um, I decided I took my Bible to my school photos and I told the lady that was taking it, I said, I want to hold my Bible in the school photo. And she looked really confused. And it meant that whenever I did something naughty, you know, they have a thing called Sims in school where they type your name in. And it was a photo of me holding the Bible. <laughs> and then they, it was a bit of a contradiction, but... I was like, I've got to be serious. So I used to start carrying my Bible to school and that. And, and so that for me, it was a real journey going back. And then I had to start doing things. I had to stop doing things. Certain things that were going on that I used to be involved with, I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And it was quite often my friends just found the whole thing a bit weird. And I remember sitting on the top deck of a, of a bus. Um, you won't know, it's a 208 bus. I remember sitting on the top deck of it. And uh, my, me and my mate Ben, and he says to me, like, he was like my best mate from when we was like five. And he said to me, like, ah, oh, like, Joe, you, you, I don't feel like we're as close anymore. He's like, you've changed. And uh, you know when people say that to you, like, oh, you've changed, you've changed. And I was like, yeah, I have. Like, I was, the old me is gone and there's a new me. Like, that's what being a Christian is. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I have changed. Like, I'm, it's, it's no longer my life. I'm different. I've been changed. And that was part of what being a Christian was about. And so I just thought I wanted to come and, and just share with you some just a, a few bits and pieces about how can we go back kind of into schools, into, into your friendship circles and all that and, and be Christians living in that environment because it's not easy. And the reason that I've got two of, sort of my mates to come and share is because they're a lot younger than me and have a lot more recently been in school doing that. And so like, I was in, I'm like 26 now, so I was in school like 10 years ago. So I just think that they might even be able just to share some things with you. But one of the things I want to do is in the book of Romans... There's a short verse that I really love, that I've always loved in Romans 12 that says this. It says, do not, be, uh, do not conform to the way of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform, do not kind of follow everyone else, but be renewed, uh, by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so rather than me just telling you loads of stories, I wanted us to think, what's the best model to look at about how can we be Christian? The best model is Jesus. And so I just want to, Look a little bit about what Jesus' life was like. Because you know that in the world, Jesus was fully in it. Jesus wasn't somebody who thought, I'm going to wrap myself kind of in bubble wrap and hide away from anyone who seems to not be a Christian or is doing bad things and just hope that I don't get caught up in it. Now, Jesus was as fully in the world 
as you could be. And if you read the Gospels, you'll see that he was always in the places where the non-Christians were. Always. He was always in those places. He would hang out with, with you know, it even says it in there, with sinners, with tax collectors. They were hated with prostitutes. He would go to weddings and parties and go to the marketplace. He was, the, he was where everyone wanted to be. Everyone wanted to be around Jesus. When you read the Gospels, everyone wanted his ear. Everyone wanted to be where he was. It was like, where's, oh, there's this Jesus. He's coming. I, think, I want to hang out with Jesus. I want to be around him. And he would go to loads of different places. He was often the talk of the town. If he would rock up to somewhere, you knew that Jesus was there. He was a very, very popular bloke and people wanted to be around him. People were drawn to him. And I often think that as believers, it should be the same with us. As, a, as someone in your school is a Christian, we should be someone that people are drawn to. I think there's something different about this person. I can't quite put my finger on it. There's something, there's something different. And you should never be ashamed of being different. Of, of changes. They know there's something different about them and they just want to find out a little bit more about who you are and why you believe what you believe. And we have a real example. I always think that Christians should be some of the most fun people to be around. Sometimes Christians have got a reputation as being a bit miserable or just a bit weird. And I think, no, as, as a Christian, if someone knows you're a Christian, they should think, well, they're fun. So I enjoy being around them. They, they carry light. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You want to you wanna do that. And so I think there's an example to us all that we are to be imitators of Christ, we're to walk as he walked, we're to do as he done, and so we want to be those who are fun to be around, those who people are drawn to, those who are not scared to go to different places because they're not going to bring light into those places. And I've tried to live my life a little bit like that. We want Christians everywhere. You want Christians in sports teams. You want Christians in, in every school. You want Christians in every workplace. You want Christians on buses, in parks. You, imagine a society where there's Christians everywhere infiltrating the culture. Like everywhere you go, you meet a Christian in different, and influencing and shining light in different circles. And I'm going to share a quote with you by some rabbi. I don't know who he was, but... There's this rabbi, and this is what his rabbi said. He said, when I was young, I wanted to change the world. When I was young, I set out to change the world. But I soon realized that that was too much. So I set out to change my city. I then too soon realized that that was too much. So I set out to change my town. After a while, I realized that was too much. So I set out to change my family. After a while, I realized that was too much. Now, as an old man... I wish I started with myself. Maybe if I started with myself, I would have succeeded in changing my family, the town, the city, and who knows, even the world. Now, I don't need to mishear the quote. I thank God that we are not in a, in a, we don't follow a God who is about self-help and about us just changing ourselves. God says that I will do a work in you and change you from the inside out. But what I mean by this thing is that if we want to be Christians that infiltrate culture, it starts with us. Each one of us here, it starts with you as an individual, thinking about your own life and your own influence. Because one of the things that we know is that God goes to work in us. God goes to work in you in a deep and a profound way. He wants to change who you are. God doesn't want to kind of just come along as a bit of a spiritual rucksack, kind of like, oh, I, go to ch- I kind of go to school and I've got kind of God with me. No, he wants to come into who you are and, con- and transform you from the inside out, that you will be completely transformed. That's when it talks about, when Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because what I've often found is that sometimes we think about it, what's important is what we do. What you do is less important than who you are. Because what you do comes out of who you are. Does that make sense? What you do comes out of who you are as a person. And so God is about transforming you. So you think, I want to transform culture, I want to transform my friends. We need to start in a place where we say, God, I want to be transformed. Untransformed people, if you want to write this down, this is something to write down. Untransformed people cannot bring about transformation. Untransformed people cannot bring about transformation. If we want to see our culture, our society, our schools, our colleges, our streets, our families, our friendship groups transformed to come to know Christ, we are still, it must start with us. 
God doing a work in us that we come to a place and say, God, I want to be transformed. Continually transform me so that I can go and do and be a transformation. Untransformed people cannot bring about transformation. We can do some good stuff. We can do some things. We can look busy, be productive, but we won't see any change. And so that's my first thing to say to you. The other thing that I want to say is, um, well, one of the things I guess I've been thinking about, I don't know if you've ever, hands up if you simply find it, it, it if the more time you spend with non-Christians, the more you find it difficult to kind of, I guess, what should I say? The more you spend with Christians and things like New Day, the more connected to God you feel. Is that, is that a fair comment? And the more you spend with all of your non-Christian mates, the more you kind of feel you can be pulled, kind of pulled away from church. Is that, is that a fair comment for some of us? It often was for me. So you sort of ask the question, well, how do I then spend time being with non-Christians all the time and, and be like them, but not change who I am and still be in Christ? How can I continually follow Jesus and be transformed, but I'm going to be spending so much time maybe with non-believers? There's a couple of things I want to say about that. One of the first things I want to say is about if you want to be someone who is in the culture and transform culture, you need, you need to be plugged into a church. You have to be plugged in because you cannot do Christian life in, on your own or in isolation. You have to be. It is like this is so important. I went back in 15, I fell in love with the church. I wanted to be in the church. I wanted to be in the youth group. I wanted to be around where I knew I would come and hear truth, would be fed, would be encouraged. And then I could go and spend, and then I'd spend all week, literally nearly all week in school with all my non-Christian mates trying to be a light. But I knew that every, every Friday night, I knew I'd then be going to youth group and I'd be hanging out with some people and receiving and, and learning. And I'd go to church on Sunday. I'd be hearing the preaching, learning and worshiping. And I'd go out again. On Monday, and it'd be bang, 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 and it gets, I think, man, I go back Friday, you get fed. That, that's the way that it was. You have to be plugged in to a church. Paul talks about in, in his gospel that he wanted to reach all sorts of people. He says, to, to the Jewish people, I became Jewish. To the Greeks people, I became like a Greek. To, to this person, I became like this person. So we, we want to be like people that we want to reach, but we don't want to kind of turn into them. Does that make sense? You're like, man, I want to still be relevant but I still want to be different how do you do that and I want to just share a couple of testimonies in fact or just a story that I've shared many times but I still just think it's worth sharing again and some people in my church you know when you hear a story time and time again it's like oh, here we go again and they can probably guess what it is but I feel like it's uh, when I went to university and they're probably thinking oh this one here we go car you know when you have that guy that you feel it keeps, but you know what, there's loads of people who haven't heard it. So if you're from my church, just be gracious and say, oh, what a great, you know, what a great story. Um, when I went to university, um, obviously, I, straight away, I've always been someone who gets involved with, you know, football teams. And, and I've always been someone who enjoys hanging out with non-believers. And so I hang out with people. And one of the things that, I just, that I've always been passionate about and one of the things that I want to talk to you about is that when you are a Christian and you want to infiltrate the culture, one of the things that Paul says is this, you cannot be ashamed of being a Christian. You cannot be embarrassed about being a Christian. Paul says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Everyone say it with me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. When we are Christians and we think, you know what, I'm going to try and shrink and hide and pretend I'm not a Christian. Jesus talks about how that's like taking a lamp, putting it on a, on, on a stand and then covering it. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to let our light shine. And so the, the story for me, which even so, I think I've shared it in New Day, is that I, I, I went and there was an opportunity for me to be able to share with people that I was a Christian. And that came from just being on, on a coach part of initiation. If you go to university and loads of people saying, right, you've got to come up. Uh, all of them first years, the kind of the freshers they were called, you've got to come up onto the second uh, tier of the coach and sing to about 40, 50 people. You've got to sing a song. It's not a great singer, so that was uh, difficult enough. Hands up if you'd like to sing a song to us, even now. If someone generally does, I will let you do it. Like, I'm not even joking. Anyone got a hand? What song do you want to sing? Anything decent? Come, you can come and sing. Come and sing to us. and we're gonna, Let's come. We'll have a bit of fun. You know. I love it. I love it. What are you going to sing? Anything? Yeah, it's got to be Christian. That'd be nice, yeah. 
my jesus my savior lord there is none like you all of my days i want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. Wow, I love it. What's your name? Beverly. Beverly. When are we going to get her in the big top? You know what I mean? Beverly, we love it. You know what? Beverly's got a gift. God's given her a gift to sing so beautifully. It's a light that she has. If she goes through, and, and, and the thing I loved is that she was so confident to get up and say, yeah, I want to sing. If she spent the whole time saying, I'm going to put that under a bucket. I'm going to cover it up. I'm not going to let anyone. That would be a waste of a gift that she's been given. Wouldn't it? You think, wow, what, what, what a beautiful gift. She can use that. And she did. She got up today and she's singing songs of worship to God. She's using that to glorify and praise God. Each one of you carries a light. Now, I can't sing. If I did that, there wouldn't be no rounds of applause. Some of you probably leave. No, no, listen. You don't want me to do it. So, so. <laughs> second point. I'm glad this happened because my second point is don't give in to peer pressure. It's not that, but on a real, don't give in to peer pressure. I'm not going to sing. Just to make a point. But what I'll say is this. When you, obviously, I, I, I sang a song. Yeah, I, I sang Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. It's an old school song by Wham. And, and, and it got the people going, you know, it, it got the people going. Then they said, the next part you need to do is tell a joke. I told a joke, they thought it was funny. And they said, right, now tell us a sex story. I thought, oh, flip, what am I going to do here? And I've got to be honest with you, I was really nervous. And I contemplated making one up. Like, I contemplated thinking, uh, I want to be accepted by these people. I don't, uh, I don't want them to think that I'm a bit weird. I don't want them to suddenly think, oh, this guy's not, like, we're not really about it. But I, I, in the moment, just God gave me a courage to just say, listen, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a virgin, I'm not having sex till I'm married. Right? And so I said that, and it, and it obviously, and I, I've told that story a lot, but I just want to draw out something else that maybe I've not drawn out before, is to say that in that moment, I had to make a decision. Am I living to please men, or am I living to please God? Am I trying to impress these, these, these boys on the coach? Am I more concerned about them being accepting of me? Or am I more concerned about obeying and following God? I had to make a choice. Thanks, mate. And every day you've got to make a choice. Who do I, do I care more? If you live to please people around you, you're going to sink. Because your friends are going to want you to do this and that. And this. But you say, no, I'm going to, I want to live a life that chooses to follow God and, and, and I let my light shine. And you should have seen their reactions. They were completely, they were baffled. They didn't know what was going on. They kind of, can you tell us a story sort of thing? And I thought, no, that's it. So I got down. Uh, and what a lot of people don't know is that was what? Eight years ago. Eight years ago when I was at university. Um, two years ago I got married and there was 15 of them, boys that were on that coach or maybe, maybe even more were all at my wedding, about 15 of them. They kind of saw the journey right through and of me and my wife. And I'm still, about a, f a few months ago, three of them came to hear me preach at my church where I, where I kind of involved being a pastor. And to this day, I'm still really good mates with a lot of them. And a lot of them, even when I recently went to kind of a party, there was a lot of them there, were like, ah, oh, let us know the dates you're preaching. We want to come and hear you preach. We want to kind of come and, come and hear. And it's just been a journey. Now, I'm not saying that all them 15 boys are going to be, become Christians. Who knows? Maybe they will. I've just been able to be a, just a witness to them. I've not, I didn't shrink away and pretend. I just said, no, I'm going to be bold. And some of you think, oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that. No, the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. It's not about I'm a confident person. I'm not, I'm not confident. That's not about if you're confident or not. It's about being transformed. That's what I said, that untransformed people cannot bring transformation. If you are transformed by the power of God, you can say, no, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be a witness. And so that's really you know, one of the things I wanted to say. There's a famous author called John Altberg. Who has, I'm going to finish with this just before I invite some people. Like, Can I just maybe grab another chair so I don't, I'm not standing? Is that all right? There's a famous author called John Altberg. He's an American bloke. And he said this, that if you want to walk on water, you've got to step out of the boat. If you want to walk on, you know, we've been hearing a lot about Peter this week. 
TJ done a, a brilliant job and Andrew been speaking to us about, about Peter. Some of you think, you know what? I, I want to be a Christian. I want to do this. But you, but, but, but you don't want to make sacrifice and, have need, and be challenged. If you're going to be a Christian, Jesus said this, if you want to follow me, in this world you will face trouble. I bet you're glad you came here, isn't it? You will face trouble. But he says, but, but I've overcome the world. I've, I've overcome. You're, you're, I'm, I'm with you. I go with you. But I don't want to kind of you to go away from it. I don't want to kind of make it pretend like everything's all easy. Like it wasn't easy for me to get up on the coach and do that. It, hasn't, it isn't easy to go through school being a Christian. It's not an easy thing. But we know that it is so worth it. And we know that if we want to follow Jesus, we have to get out of the boat. You can't just sit and hide away and think, I'm just going to spend all my time with Christians and wrap myself in bubble wrap and think, if I can just hold on long enough to get married and be a virgin, then I'll have made it. That's often what I actually think as a Christian. I've just got to do as, be as good as I can, try and not do as many bad things as I can, just spend as much time in the church and then just get married and then I'll be fine. Now that is not how God has made you. That is not his purpose and plan for your life. He's made you even at your age to thrive where you are, to be a light and a witness and to shine in culture. You don't start doing that when you're an adult. You start doing that as soon as you become a believer. You do that at 11, you do that at 15, you do that at whatever you are and whatever you're doing. You carry the power of God where you go. Amen? I thought uh, what I'm going to do now is just, why don't you just, I've got Junior and Indigo going to come in. Why don't we just encourage them as they come and um, have a chat with us? You guys just, just take a seat. Here we go. We've only got one mic, so we're just going to have to, you know, be, be mates with it. Um, why don't you um, start off by just telling us a little bit about just who you are, how long you've been coming, New Day, kind of you know a little bit about yourself so i'm junior i'm 19 um i'm from originally from brixton but i'm studying in liverpool I'm studying mathematics and i've been coming to new day for four years now um i, f- I think if some of you might have watched, seen the promo video in 2016 about our teacher who invited us to new day and yeah it's been a it's been a good journey um, hi, I'm Indigo. I'm 18. I've just finished school, just on my A-levels. Um, I'm from King's Church, London. And um, this is, I think this is my seventh new day. Um, so yeah, been here a while. Anyone been into every new day? All 16? I think there's 16. Oh wow, one faithful, I love that. Two, couple of hands. Yeah, a few, few hands going up. Great. Well, one of the things I thought, listen, just to share with us is, from your experience, what is the hardest thing about being a Christian just in, in, a, in our culture today, like in school, in college? What's the, what's the hardest thing? Why don't we, anyone want to start? I think for me, is um, probably one of the hardest things is that people are watching your every move that you make. Um, what a lot what I didn't understand until I went up to university is that sharing the gospel isn't just when you're, like, you're up on a stage or when you're talking to somebody about Jesus people are watching every single move you're making because the fact that you've declared to them that um, I'm a Christian and you're a light in the darkness people are watching everything you do how you react to your exams how you react to bad situations happening and if you slip like just slipping up for a second that could change somebody's mindset on Christianity and that's like one of the hardest things just knowing that like every single second like non-Christians are watching you um I think for me one of the hardest things about being a Christian is that you're just so different to all your friends and like when you're at school you just you want to have lots of friends like you want to be accepted you want to be part of it and you are just different you have different views different lifestyle um and yeah, I think that is just like one of the hardest things. Great, yeah, I can definitely relate with that. Um, so knowing that we're very different, and if you people know you're Christian in school, and they know that there's you know there's differences in just the things that you think about, how do you kind of handle those? How have you handled those moments when people want to kind of get into debates about? Christianity or about this issue or that issue about you know there's all the kind of controversial things how, how do you sort of handle that when maybe people kind of come and say oh, what about this or what about that 
Um, to be honest, I, I try like not to engage in debates with people because I don't feel like that is the best way for me to communicate and share my views and beliefs about things. Um, and also, I, I don't. I like like in school, I never wanted to be in a situation where people are like, "Yeah, where's your evidence?" Like, because I was like, I don't know my Bible verses. Like, I, you know, I I don't have any evidence. Like, it's just my own word. Um, so I just find. Yeah, I try not to engage in debates, and I just prefer to just, like, have a chill chat with people, just kind of, um, yeah, just kind of, in my daily life, just, you know, slip in little things, um, yeah, rather than, like, big heat discussions about controversial topics. Um, yeah, similar to that, what Indigo said, I don't talk about, like, what I don't know, because there's some big topics that I don't have a lot of, like, information on. But one thing I do is I listen to the conversations that people are having. I listen to like the debates that they're having against Christianity, and I go out and like I'll do my research and search up. Like one time, I was having this conversation with my Muslim friends, and like they made this joke where they were like, "Oh, Christians to Christians, um, one plus one plus one equals one," and it was like the whole thing about the Trinity, and like. For like a month, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, how do I explain this?" And like, I I went away, and like, one thing that Muslims have in like common is that they believe in God. And I just said to them, like, "Okay, you guys believe in a God that is beyond our understanding. Then there's gonna be certain things about God's character that we just don't understand." So I think it's important to like listen into the debates and then like go out of your way and then try to understand. It's really good, and and. Uh, I want to say on top of that, hands up if you've ever had a debate with someone and at the end of it, like they've suddenly gone, oh yeah, you're right, I'm, I'm going to believe. Very, very few of us. I, I've never known, in my experience of Christianity, having like an intense debate with someone doesn't always lead to the best place. And one of the things I love about Indigo said is it's about trying to, like, rather than having a debate, have a conversation. I like get to get to hear what people are saying and what their objections are and, and just listen and learn and love and show grace. And but it's not about trying to get into a debate or an argument. It's just saying, no, I just want to understand. You know, seek first to understand and then just think, you know what, daily I'm just gonna try and filter some things in, I'm just gonna have a conversation. And I, I my experience in school is sometimes you know big Christian debate and in R E you always feel like you're the Christian, oh, it's, it's gonna come to me and I'm gonna have to represent, do you know what I mean? And you think and, and you can do that, but do, we wanna do it in a way that is gracious and loving non-judgmental and caring that's what that's what often is what jesus did and it's not to say that debating is wrong i'm not trying to say that and there's lots of people that, that engage in christian debates andrew does a lot of that in a very remarkable way but sometimes it can be you can feel a bit like oh and it's like four on one you know don't feel the pressure to always engage just think you know what i'm just gonna even like june said i, I ain't got all the answers but I'll, i can come back to you you know or let me just go away and, and have a think and or sometimes there's some mysteries of god i don't even know about so that, I think that's really helpful. Just in terms of faith, how do you, like, how have you, even when you're going through school, like, how did you speak to people about your faith? Like, did you find that difficult? You know, how, how do you do that now? I think when I was in school, it was kind of easy because I went to, like, a Church of England school. And, like, the area I grew up in, um, it was a lot of people who'd grown up with their parents going to church. Almost everyone I knew went to church. So school was like quite easy like to talk about faith, but it was kind of about how seriously you took it. And But when I went to university, it was like someone just burst my bubble and it was just like all of a sudden, boom, pretty much all of my friends are non-Christians now. And the way I like, I, I deal with, with that now and deal with conversations is at first I was a bit like too intense because I didn't know how to deal with it. But after a while, it's just, you just got to show it to be, this is my life, like, it's normal to me. And, yeah, that's how I engage with it. Um, so I also went to a CV school, but I actually ended up being friends with, like, the only two atheists in, like, our entire year. Um, so they knew that I was a Christian, but I was like, they don't really need to hear about this. Like, they get enough stick from, like, the rest of the year talking about faith all the time. And I just was like, this is awkward if I talk about stuff. Um and then kind of at sixth form, I moved schools and the school I go to now is known for its kind of, <laughs> I don't know how to call it, but it's, a, it's just quite a party atmosphere, you know, kind of thing. And I was surrounded by people who had like, 
live very different lifestyles to me and it actually kind of forced me to just be very honest about my faith like right from the start because I was like I've got to set my boundaries there's like a lot of stuff that all my friends do that I was like I'm just not here for this um and actually now like my friends I mean they do take the mic like whatever but they also do ask me like serious questions and we do have like proper conversations about my faith and I just find it easier now like to just be very honest and just kind of act like it's no big deal kind of thing because I think with my atheist friends at my church of England school I was like oh my gosh it's like so stressful don't want to make them uncomfortable blah 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 and now I just feel like if I just I'm just confident and just comfortable in what I believe then I can just share that not in like an intense like overbearing kind of way but just yeah just kind of honest like everyday kind of stuff yeah that's really good and um you know sharing your faith can be difficult and just being open about your faith can be difficult um but i think it's it's good to do that um one of the things that i just wanted to just when i was in school and i was a christian one of the things that i didn't really have to deal with was um so like instagram and snapchat and that we was just um in fact, I remember when he, I'm not going to say that. You know when people say, I remember when. It's like, why are you saying that? Um, but I used to use BlackBerry Messenger. Is anyone here part of the BBM? Like, can you remember BBMs? BlackBerry Messenger was the thing when I was in like sixth form and like, everyone used to love BlackBerry Messenger. Um, it's dead in the ground now. But um, social media is like a huge part of just, yeah, I guess Christian life. Just life. And so if you're a Christian, it's a huge part of your life as a young person. How do you... What's your views on social media? How do you engage with social media, you know, even as a believer? Um, so, I don't really post that much on, like, my Instagram and, like, other social media and stuff, apart from my private snap. But um, <laughs> a couple of months ago, I, like, went through my, like, all the accounts I followed on Instagram because I was like, my feed is just full of, like, random people, people I don't speak to anymore, like, famous people that I've just followed, like, for the sake of it and I just went through and I just like unfollowed loads of people because I just wanted my feed to be like a positive place um yeah, so now it is pretty much just like my friends and just people I find inspiring or who share positive things um yeah that's kind of how I use social media now yeah it's good I like that and just what you'll follow like even who you follow you can make a decision even now to think I don't are those things going to help me and serve me and bless me or are they going to be detrimental to me and so you think oh maybe I'm just going to unfollow some things or maybe the people that I am following are going to be people that inspire you know people oh yeah I'm going to follow that person who puts up things that are going to fill me with just positive and inspiration and maybe bible verses or maybe things that are going to bless me and serve me rather than things that are going to make my life more challenging in a way so I think that's really good Indigo thanks um, for me I went did the same thing as Indigo like constantly checking who I follow because you know sometimes you just mindlessly follow a page because I was just like oh that was funny that was funny that was funny let me just follow it without actually thinking about it so I tried to do that but I think it was two years ago somebody was doing an interview in the big top and they spoke about just every once in a while just like coming off social media and like just I say like at least once a month I just won't be on social media for a bit just take a take a break from it because just you don't even realize like what is going on because sometimes you you can't even control what you're looking at because even when you're following your friends your friends are posting stuff and you're just like whoa like that affects me so it's just taking a break from it and just like those days purposely like spending time with god so you can come back in the right mindset like to be positive and yeah well the final question i want to ask you is obviously we spoke about what some of the challenger challenges are what are some of the things that helped you being a Christian in school, being a Christian amongst your mates? What are the things that you're like, ah, oh, these are the things that I think we need to continually do. If you're 15, 16, 17, 18, what are the things that helped, you know, continually just fuel your faith and, and kind of keep you going? Um, I, like the last couple of years especially, I found that uh, finding a like a good group of Christian friends um, just is just like like ideal. You just need some friends who you can just like talk to whenever you're going through a tough time. Just ask for encouragement or prayer. Um, yeah, I think that has been like key to 
just me like staying on track and keeping my faith the last couple of years um and I know that can be hard like I didn't always feel like in church there were many people my age or many people my age who I connected with so I was like I don't really have any Christian friends but if you can just find those people not even necessarily who go to your church just like people you meet in New Day even just like make a group chat keep in touch um yeah I would say that's really important um I think for me what's like really helped me is like just praying um just even even like if it's just a minute in your day where you're like struggling with something just ask God to help you that just helps so much because there's certain situations you're about to walk into and you're just like oh my gosh like this is going to be hard and just a minute prayer like would change everything and when you're walking in with your friendship groups like just praying before like you walk into it like God will bless the, the conversations and all that stuff really really helps it's good. It's really good. I think um, just on the back of what Indigo said, maybe you're where she is and you're thinking, or where she was. I think I haven't really got any any friends at the minute, like Christian friends at the minute. I've got no friends. Sorry, Indigo. Um, she had loads of friends, really popular. You know, if you're like, oh, like, I've got no Christian friends, because we've all been there. One of the things I want to encourage you to do is even while you're here at New Day, why don't you pray that God can provide you with some friends that can encourage and support you. Because you never know, you know, I've done that in the past, God, I want people that can help encourage and support me. Um, and, and I think the things they're sharing here, I just the reason I've got these two is because just to try and just keep it real, because we know what it's like trying to be a Christian in school. Um, what I thought we would do, and they don't even know I'm going to do this now, so they might not even, um, is we're just going to do a little thing where we make them have a bit of a dance-off. So why don't we just start, no, I'm only joking, I'm only joking. <laughs> would have been funny though, wouldn't it? Um, or oh, we could have gotten to sing. Now, I just thought it might be good just to have a bit of Q&A, um, and I've just sort of just decided that now. So um, what I want you to do is, don't worry, I'm, I'll, you know, if, it's a, if it's a tough one, I'll take it. Um, I want you to chat to the person next to you, 15 seconds. Do you have any questions for any of us? And then we'll just take a few questions. Okay, great. Let's not get too lost. Let's not get too lost in the uh, conversation, chatting about lunch. Any any questions? And it's, there's no pressure. There isn't any questions, but I just thought, great, we've got... You're going to have to really shout because... Great. The question is... Going to university, how do you kind of be involved in a culture that celebrates drinking and drugs and partying and going out? So, Junior, you've just done your first year. Um, going to like going to uni, like I already knew that was a culture. You're going to knowing that you're facing that culture is the first step. Um, I think what really helped at uni was setting boundaries from early, telling people from early that. I don't get drunk, like having a drink maximum, I don't go above this. One thing that's like really hard is peer pressure and it's gonna happen where like drinking games or whatever and it's knowing what you're about to step into. And what I always try to do, I try not to go out off a whim because when you go out off a whim, you're not as mentally prepared like to go out into that culture and to, to face it. So like I would always like you have to tell me like a few days in advance that I'm going out or whatever and don't be afraid of like being seen as the person who doesn't like to go out because that's a huge thing just be comfortable within yourself and just set boundaries right you have to shout my friend how do you stray away from temptation it's a great question temptation you cannot hide from temptation Jesus himself was tempted yeah, we have to always remember that. And temptation itself isn't a sin to be tempted. The devil will continually try to tempt you and draw you away from God in every moment. One of the ways that we, we stray away from it, well, there's not like a, a, a one answer. Do this and you'll always resist temptation. But one of the things that I always know is that if you want to resist temptation, then you need to spend more time with Jesus. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you spend with God, 
the stronger you'll feel to be able to resist temptation. And, and this is what I say. When, you don't, when you're not in God's presence, when you're not spending time in his presence, and, and I always use the story of, and if you know the story of Jonah, remember the story of Jonah and the fish? Jonah, right, wants to get a, God tells him, I need you to get a boat, okay, to Nineveh. You need to go and tell the people in Nineveh, I've got a job for you to do. And then there's a little verse where it says that Jonah left the presence of the Lord. It says, Jonah left the presence of the Lord and then he went and got on a boat to Tarshish. That's what it says. And you think, how can you leave the presence of the Lord? God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. How can you leave the presence of the Lord? I always used to think that. Well, what you need to know is that the, the Hebrew word for presence really means face, kind of like face. It's about face-to-face relationship. Jonah left that face-to-face relationship with God. And when he did that, another boat came along and it seemed like a great thing to do. Oh, that seems great. I'll get on that. When you leave God's presence, other things that come along can seem like a great thing to do. Oh, this, this relationship is a great thing to do. I'll do that. You've left the presence of the Lord. Oh, going to this party and getting really drunk seems like a great thing to do. You've, you've left the presence of the Lord. Oh, doing this seems like a great thing to do. And so the first thing I'll say is you want to be in God's presence as much as you can. And then, and then I guess the other thing I'll say is that God has given us weapons to continually resist temptation. His word is a weapon. How does Jesus resist temptation? He quotes scripture. The devil comes to tempt him and he quotes scripture. So in sowing yourself, reading the Bible, knowing the scripture can help you fight temptation. How else? Prayer. Junior even said, little pr- prayer. Moments of prayer throughout your day. I feel tempted to do this. Lord, give me strength to get through this. I can't do this on my own. Give me strength. So I think those are weapons that we have to resist temptation. Okay, another question. Any other questions? Oh, uh, we'll go. You, yeah, with your, yeah, shout nice and loud. Hold on. Uh, not debating with people yet. So the question is, don't debate with people, but what if they're really pushing for a debate? Say that last bit louder, sorry. Okay. So you feel like, I don't want to debate, maybe it's like you've lost ground or you've lost an opportunity or maybe they're thinking, no, they don't want to. Has anyone ever been in a situation where they've been really pressed for a debate about Christianity in school? And I know I, I definitely was. Um, anyone, have you guys got anything to say on this? Um, I think for me, one thing is when you read the Bible, Jesus was... Pe- People would throw questions at Jesus and you'd throw another question back. Like, he never always engaged in it because it's kind of about that gift of discernment of is it right to get involved in this debate? And even if they go away thinking that they've won, you've done something better because you know why you didn't engage in that, that argument in the first place. So, like, take heart that you don't always have to argue. It's good. Thanks, Junior. Other questions? I saw another hand. Yes, my, my mate. Yeah. Great, so you're at a boarding school, so going to a church is difficult. So how do you stay connected to God? Guys, how do you, outside of church, how have you felt you've stayed connected to God? Any kind of day-to-day, Indigo? Um, uh, yeah, kind of social media. Um, if you, like... Like, who's heard of Girl Got Faith? Yeah, okay, good. So, you know, following Girl Got Faith on Instagram, like, you know, you just get, like, daily, like, on your feed, you just get reminders of, like, Bible verses and just truth and just, like, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, through social media, just, like, staying close to God. Like, even just getting, like, a verse of, a verse of the day on your Bible and just, like, in the morning, just, like, seeing that pop up on your screen, just, like, thinking about it for the rest of the day, praying about it, like, it's just things you can do, like, on your own, if there's no one else around you to, like, kind of encourage you in your faith, just things like that, I think. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think, for me, it was, like, obviously, I went to Liverpool, and then one of my friends, he's actually at the back, he went to America, and then one of my friends, he stayed in London, and, like, just calling each other, 
like I think I spoke to them more when I was at uni than when I'm actually at home because I knew the importance of constantly like touching base with people that I know not only know me well but know Jesus well so they can feed into you and like give you advice and stuff so like use your friends like whether it's like for an hour like every week just to have that conversation yeah how often do I read my Bible how do you how do you read your Bible it's a good question one of the things that I wouldn't ever just to say you know how do you read your Bible um, I usually open it and read it um, but um, I know that's not what you're really asking um, I just want to get uh, I want to get across the importance of, of reading God's word I want to get across that now when I went back this might surprise some of you and I'm not telling you this you have to understand this to try and make you feel guilty or to try and make you feel like this is something that you have to do but when I went back going into year 11 after I had encountered God and I wanted to be serious about him I used to have to I don't know leave for school at like 8 o'clock I wasn't that bothered about getting on time so I used to leave about I don't know like around 8 or something like that I used to get up um, about 6.30 I think it was every morning and I used to spend 30 minutes usually reading God's Bible and, and trying to pray about the things I was reading it and I'm not saying that that's what you have to do but one thing I would challenge you is that if you, re- if you really want to grow in God, you need to be reading your Bible daily. And that's not reading chapters and chapters and chapters. It might be the verse of the day because you're just continually inputting truth. And we live in a culture now where it's like, our oh, reading's boring. That's, uh, sometimes you've got to just push through that. And you can't, you know, you say, no, to read God's word is to fill yourself with truth. And so Jesus talks about how the word is like a, is like a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. You're kind of walking through darkness. What can, what can kind of give you a light to get through? Imagine you go to the toilet here without the... Back in the day, people used to have to bring torches to New Day. Now you just got to bring your phone, which is all right. But imagine if you didn't have a torch on your phone walking. You, you're not going to see where you're going. Jesus says, no, the word is like a lamp. It's like a light for your path. So the importance of reading scripture is important. And how do you read it? You might just take a verse. You might take a few verses, read it and think... What, what, do these, what do these verses mean? How do they, uh, how do they apply to me? And, and in fact, one of the things that I want to even say on that is if you're thinking, how do I read the Bible? Because there's loads of ways to read the Bible. The best advice I can actually give you, to be honest, is, which sounds like a silly answer, is go and ask that question to your youth leader and to the people that are in your church that can help you read the Bible. So that's what I'd say to all of you. If you think, I'm really struggling to read the Bible. I don't think I've just got to get up early and try harder. Go and speak with your mates. Go and speak with your youth leaders and think, how can you... And they might just be able to help you journey with that and, and kind of go through that. Because lots of us, I know people do struggle with, with reading. Different people don't, you know. So I think just journey it with your youth leaders, I'd say. Probably got time for one more question. Oh, sorry, I couldn't see you over there. The last bit again. How do you? So, so how do you handle relationships in school? If all of your mates are in relationships, mm, it's a good question. What do you do when all of your friends are getting in relationships? There's maybe a guy or a girl you're hanging out with, and all your friends, oh, you should you should get with them, but you're thinking, ah, oh. it's very good because it comes back to what I said even at, when I did that university story in the coach. Are you going to live your life according to God's word or to what your mates tell you to do? And if you're going to go through life to live in your life of what your mates and trying to please your mates, you, you cannot please God. You cannot live for God. You just cannot. In, in a way that if you're just trying to always just please your friends, I just, I just want to make sure that they think I'm all right. Eventually, they're going to ask you to do things that compromise on your faith, big or small. And so I think you have to continue to say, in, any, in decisions you make, whether it's a relationship with a, a believe, you know, with a, a non-Christian or a Christian, you're thinking, is, is this going to help me in my pursuit of trying to follow God? You know, there's a whole other question about relationships that I'm not really going to get into in, in this seminar. But you think, but that's the one question I'd always ask. Is this relationship with whoever it is, or friendship, you know, is this going to help me in my pursuit to follow God? I think it's a question you should always ask yourself. And then just be reminded that, we don't live to please men and women, our friends. We live to please God.
And if that's our foundation, then it affects every decision that we make. I think maybe, unless someone, you know what, I feel like you've had your hand up a while. Just last question and then we're done. You've got, you got to speak speak with your chest, come on. Pardon? Pass the question along because I can't hear it. What, what might be stopping someone from receiving healing? One of the things I love is, you know when people just like, you know, this young man's in our church youth group. I'm just going to ask a question. This, we've not spoken about anything at all today. You know, I'm just going to throw out. It's a very, very good question. Um, what stops people from receiving healing? And, and here's an example to you. In, 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 let's say someone even asked you about school. If I'm being honest, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't fully know why some people are healed and others aren't. Adrian prayed last night for healing and 240 people have been healed. There's loads of people who weren't. I don't know why that is. And I'm not embarrassed to say that. I'm, I, I don't know. There's, there's mysteries in how some of these things work. Some people say you didn't have faith. No, I, I don't believe that. But it's because of your lack of faith you weren't healed. I, I don't believe that. Some of these things are, are simply a mystery to us. God is his ways are not like our ways. And so, you know, you might be able to go and speak with Adrian about that. You know. Do you want to say something? Yeah, yeah, say. Um, I think... It's obviously exactly what Joe's saying, like we don't know and you don't know the mystery. But sometimes God uses the person not being healed for like their good. I know somebody really well and he has like a disease he's struggled with for years. I remember there was one year like we purposely like dragged him into like um the healing act like, to pray for him and like he wasn't healed and like every single one of us we were we were gutted. But I remember after he just said He's he's so glad that he's he actually he's glad that this happened because it, this humbled him. It made him grow closer to God, to be closer to God. And the thing is about God that He's so above our understanding. Like we see things so minuscule. We wanna make every single day happy for somebody, but sometimes that's not what's best for the person. Sometimes you have to go through stuff like that, and that's a, a tricky part of being a Christian. That people will go through suffering, but just because they're going through suffering doesn't mean it's not for their good. Great. Can we just give a big round of applause for Junior and Indigo? Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, don't sit down. In fact, they, um, you know, it's, it's not easy to, you know, they've done so well. Um, and I just thought that it would be better to hear what they've got to say because they're living it in the same way that you guys are living it and in a way that I'm not I'm a 26 year old pastor in a church and although I did kind of go through school of course